Welcome to episode 153 of Friends and Film, where you're going to release movie news and review the biggest new release, which this week is Netflix's Mowgli. As always, I'm your host, Cooper Hood, and this week I'm joined by Josh Draley. Hello, everyone, and hello, Cooper. Um, but also, to our enemies, hello to you, too, and welcome. Um, I'm, of course, I'm speaking about the new Ron Burgundy podcast, oh. which is about to launch. You think you can do the news on podcast better than <laughs> us, sir? Well, you have another thing coming. Yeah, you can come right on here, friends and family, anytime you want, Ron Burgundy. <laughs> we could call in. Actually, we'd love to have you. Absolutely. Um, I, I didn't mean to sound like really fierce when I said that. I, I'm actually no, like, I mean, please come on. Did the, you did you see this news? Though? Yes, of course. This is the this is so cool. <laughs> I mean, the the podcast wars will become the new TV wars, and Ron is obviously very familiar with those. <laughs> right. And, you know, hopefully we just don't hate him as much as his brother does. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's the best idea Funny or Die has ever had. Um, and it's just, it's, it's perfect in every sort of the way. Like he's conquered all these steps. And so now the last step for a weathered seasoned newsman is to go to podcasts like Larry King or, um, Bill O'Reilly or all these like fallen people. <laughs> so it's perfect. I would love to see that be the plot of Anchorman 3 somehow. Oh man. Yes. Absolutely. News is done. And now you have to <laughs> give people the weather reports through podcasts. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, he's going to riff on all of this stuff. So it's like, you know, fake news or whatever the oh, case yeah. is. And it's it's all it's going to be great, yeah. I think. Uh, it's going to be perfect. Um, but if you want to keep up on the real news that is movie related, follow us on Twitter at Friends and Film. And if you want to know about uh, our reviews, well, hit us up on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever your podcasts are found. But if you can, on Apple Podcasts, please review us and rate us, which will ultimately help rank us. And then we can find more friends of the show. And who doesn't want more friends? I think everybody, everyone wants, Oh, everybody, everybody does want more friends. Except like Oscar the Grouch. But maybe if you have more friends, they could be grouchy with him or they could make him not grouchy. Does he ever have like a gang of grouchy friends? I don't know. Me neither. I haven't watched Sesame Street in a while. I, know, I just see like <laughs> tweets and little clips. It's so good. But you know, I guess Anne Hathaway may star in a, Sesame Street movie. Blake, a Sesame Street movie? Yeah. Oh, I know Blake Lively was on that. That's there not in our rundown, ago. but just Very cool. some, some news to throw out there. We're getting ahead. We're just we dropping are. tidbits Sorry. all oh, over sorry. the place. We're, we're, all, we're all out of whack here. No, uh, it's good. That's what the podcast is for. <laughs> I guess so. Um, but before we get into our review of Mowgli, Josh, uh, we've each watched something, hopefully, else this week. Kind Did you of do that. <laughs> I, it is it is dead week in finals week for me. Um, I'm ending the semester, so I didn't actually sit down other than our feature this week and watch anything. But I did watch 20 and 30 minute bites as well as the third act of the Toy Story trilogy oh. this week. Um, they were up on in passing on Freeform, I believe, just kind of like at the place. So I was like, all right, I'll sit down and like catch these bits and pieces of it. All right, I'll watch some of the greatest same movies of all time. Um, And then I stuck through and watched the end of Toy Story 3 um, from the breakout of Sunny Shores. Mm-hmm. And then to, I mean, that ultimate, like, yeah. tra- not tragic, but like heartwarming conclusion of where he's, Andy picks up Woody and he's talking about all of his qualities and loyalty and everything like that as he leaves him there at Bonnie's front door. And I just don't know how they follow that up, but uh, it's a seriously a perfect ending. I don't think the movie's perfect, but it's a perfect ending to that whole 
first to trilogy. Yeah, it is. Um, so yeah, I, I'm excited that they're bringing it back now. But how about you? You're more excited after rewatching it instead of being like a little more hesitant that oh they could screw this up. Yeah, I, I want to. Li- I'm okay with living there again or going back there. And it sounds like Tom Hanks and Tim Allen's words are like, "Hey, we got something even better." So bring <laughs> we'll see it on. about that. Um, I watched another Netflix movie besides Mowgli. Actually, mm-hmm. a couple, but the one I want to talk about is Christmas Chronicles. We're almost at Christmas time. Yes. Finally watched the new Kurt Russell mm-hmm. Santa Claus movie. Um, and yeah, I think he is. Tim Allen has a special place in my heart because he's the one I grew up with, but Kurt Russell is definitely the fun, uh, updated version of Santa Claus. Yeah. That is uh, just so much fun to see him do that for about two hours. The My favorite part is probably the musical scene just because it is so weird and kind of random, mm-hmm. but Kurt Russell just like is like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm doing this. We're going all the way, and uh, he just makes that movie so much fun. I think the... Uh, only part I, I wish was maybe a little better are the elf de- designs. Little creepy, yes. Little scary. Not gonna lie. Um, I could have gone with some regular-looking elves or something just a little more fine-tuned. But uh, other than that, Christmas Chronicles, a nice little holiday movie for uh, the whole family. Yeah, the best part though is definitely Goldie Hawn as Mrs. Claus, though. Right? Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I mean, all right. Come on, you're listening to a podcast, but she's in the movie, and it. Okay. I mean, it already can, happened, so just right. go for it. But anyway, that's it's it's the greatest thing to like happen when you when you finally get there. I didn't because I didn't know she was in it, yeah, and then all of a sudden Goldie Hawn and Mrs. Claus are like, "What? This is great." Um, but top three Santa Clauses. Who was the other? Who was the third candidate? Um, Sir Richard Attenborough from Miracle on 34th Street. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Oh, it's long a good time. time. I think he's the best Santa Claus. I don't know. I th- I, th- I think you are more adept to uh, or adept uh, apt. I'm apt. Yes, that's the. We'll rank them sometimes. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll do that. Uh, but let's get into Mowgli. Yes. Um, I was supposed to write a review for the site, but honestly, not feeling it. Mm-hmm. Not. I don't really have that. Like big of an opinion, I feel like about this movie that oh, like okay. needs, you know, six to seven hundred words to explain it all. I feel like this movie is, real is 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 good. It is uh, different than obviously the Disney version. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes tries to be a little bit more adult in some of its uh, takes, but also it's more like showing maybe a little more violence or um, a little more darkness into the story. But yeah, I think that this movie also hinges on the fact that you've seen those other movies. Because otherwise, um, Mowgli's you know relationship with Baloo um, or any of the other animals there, they're like they're kind of thin. And to me, honestly, my favorite part of the movie, which I thought kind of based on the trailer was going to be a much larger part of the movie, was when he was with the Man Village. Like I thought this was going to be more of like yeah the sequel to the Jungle Book kind of, but like obviously in like a different universe, like mm-hmm. than the Disney one. Um, and like I loved I love seeing him interacting with Man and then trying to balance the you know him coming to that point of his life and then also still kind of being dragged back um, to the jungle, but then saying like, Nope, like they pushed me aside. This is where I'm at. But then ultimately like his calling, like, you know, gets to him and he has to go back and like try to be peacekeeper again. Um, And so that was the part of the movie I really liked. I think it obviously does some differences um, to the story, which I appreciated. But other, other than that, I kind of felt like this is more familiar than I was really expecting. um, And just, uh, a good movie, not great. Mm-hmm. Um, the animal designs are fine. And yeah, like, what'd you think of those? It, it's weird because, like, after the Lion King trailer, right? Um, 
I mean, those VFX, I think, are another level. But mm -hmm. one of the complaints that I saw, um, kind of opposite of what you were saying, of how you can see all of this um, emotion in, in baby Simba's eyes. I yeah. saw a lot of people going, well, the problem with these live-action animated movies is you can't get the emotion out of the animated um, or the CGI-created animals because mm -hmm. they're trying to keep them very realistic in their expressions. Right. I think this Jungle Book goes for more of a, let's try to incorporate a human face kind of into these animal looks. And yeah. it, it is weird. It's really... It's, it's, it's very weird. Good, too. Like, to be able to... You can see... You can see... Yeah, you Kate can see. Blanchett's eyes, and you can see Christian Bale's face. Right. And you can see that Benedict Cumberbatch. And you can, like, you can see these mm -hmm. people who are playing these characters. Like, you can see their faces in there. But it is just, like... It's that... Un, it's that... I don't know if it's Uncanny Valley, but it's, like... This isn't how a bear looks, but right. this is all I can, oh. but I can see Christian yeah. Bale in there and that is, or no, that, or, and I can see Andy Serkis in the bear's face right. and it's like, that is, that is weird it, and it's, it's unnerving, but it like, I guess I accepted it since I was like, this is how this movie is going to go. So it, it's like you broke it into a mad scientist lab after Andy Serkis has gone missing mysteriously <laughs> for six months and you get there and you're like, Andy, where are you? Then you find this bear and you're like, Oh no! Oh no! And you like break down crying because you realize what the monster has done, and then you hear an evil laugh from the distance, and then you fight him. But yeah, the, that's the quality there because especially with Baloo, they wrinkle his face yeah. in all these ways, and you're like, that looks like all the creases on Andy Circus's forehead. Yep. Or like even just like the way like Andy Circus like he talks and like the way they animated the Baloo's mm -hmm. mouth. It's like I can just like see Andy Circus in this. Uh, which again is fine, but it's just it, it is obviously different than um, not what I'm used to, but just like I mean, what I am used to and the way that animals normally look. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that I think it's obviously it was a decision made to kind of change the way that they look to break away as yeah. many comparisons as possible to the Disney Jungle Book. Um, but I do wonder like how much of this movie kind of changed throughout all the years of development, throughout changing studios from Warner Brothers to Netflix, um, and then Netflix saying, "Oh yeah, this is going to take a long time to be out and be out on our streaming service." And then it was like, "Nope, never mind. It's coming out in mm -hmm. a month." And it's like, "Oh, what? Huh, what happened?" <laughs> uh, it's very interesting. But I think again, I think it's good. It's a solid movie. I think you can put it on Netflix and enjoy it. Um, but I'm going to give it three ticket stubs out of five. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, I didn't know what to, you would, how you would think about it. Uh, but I guess I liked it more yeah. than you did. Um, a lot of ways because it subverts your expectations of what the Jungle Book is going to be. And I think it lands us closer to what the Rudyard Kipling book kind of tried to do in terms of like themes and everything like that. Because it's, this Mowgli opens like... The Fellowship of the Ring, in a lot of ways, it's like like seriously. I mean, it's even literally being narrated by Kate Blanchett um, as Ra, and you're like, this has a very mythological and sort of like, um, I mean, it's in the title, legendary like feel to it. As we're learning about Mowgli's past, and then it just sort of drops us right into his um, childhood and training for the running and things like that. But you know. You can really feel the 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 back and forth between mankind infringing on the jungle and taking from it, and what like the animals are trying to do to protect their realm, their territory. The laws of the jungle aren't you know sung through like a song or anything like that. They're just sort of just laid out and like this is how we act, and this is how we move. And you can really see um, how where it came about from expeditions to India and things like that with like the references to the sacred cows and all sorts of things. So that's really cool. Um, 
Character-wise, I thought it was great. Uh, I'm forgetting Christian Bale's Panther's name, Bagheera. Yeah. Uh, like him and his and his relationship with Mowgli um, is super sweet. Played by Rohan Khand, Chand. But um, I thought like they really they really get it. I don't know if they get it right, but like <laughs> I really buy it. I, I there's a there's a tenderness to the whole thing that I love. Um, and you can go right down the list. Naomi Harris's Nisha. You can just, you can, you can just really see it like right there. Um, and then you can kind of like roll through there. Um, uh, Andy Circus's kid, Lewis Circus is playing a little, uh, runt wolf named, uh, Bodie or no, not Bodie, but boots. And you know, there's, it's this high minded like drama in some ways, but it's also like got these sweet parts to it. Um, the monkeys are terrifying. Like, did you expect them to be that dark? No. Like when that happened, I was like, "Whoa!" It's like, <laughs> it's like it looks like the uh, layer, the um, the dark cave that they go into in Fellowship of the Ring, where all those goblins are. Right, right, right. Like that's what it was. Like and at certain times, you're like, "What movie am I watching?" Whoa. Um, but all in all, like we've talked about the CG. I love it. I thought it was really great. I'm like, this is a great adaption. I would literally put it right next to. The Jungle Book that came out um, in 2016. In 2016, I think I gave that a five because maybe nostalgia purposes. I don't know, but I'm gonna give this four out of five. Mowgli, the legend, or Mowgli, the legend, something, whatever. Um, yeah, the Mowgli Legend of the Jungle. There you go. The official four long title. Four out of five ticket stubs. Okay. I was so surprised. I rec. I totally recommend you guys click on Netflix and watch it. Uh, Circus did something. Really cool and really great. And I think it'll be like one of the, in our modern day, it'll be one of the two adaptions that you have to say, watch one, watch the other. As in like watch Disney's Jungle Book and then watch this one? Disney no longer has a monopoly on the Jungle Book. Yeah. This is a this is a worthy successor to it. Okay. Or not successor, but adaption. All right. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's anything. I don't think we're that far off. I think it's just a matter of enjoyment of like, I think we kind of have this, like... I didn't expect it to be this good, so maybe that's why I'm okay. speaking so optimistically about it. I will say, also, my, for whatever reason, my internet was acting up a little bit, so, like, it wasn't buffering, but it wasn't that crisp HD oh, the whole time, and I yeah. was like, I only had so much time to watch the movie that day, so mm-hmm. I was like, I can't, like, just, like, stop and then hope that it, right that my HD kicks in like tonight because I don't have time to watch yeah. it right now. So maybe that's part of the problem. Netflix needs to sell a box that you can download movies to so you can get that full 4K effect and the full, full you know, 1080p HD or Ultra HD or whatever the case is. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. But then we're getting back to the, it's a DVR. <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> it's like the Silicon Valley stuff. <laughs> um. Do we need to get into spoilers on Mowgli? There is, there's not really any spoilers, um, other than it kind of how the plot turns, right? Right. That like, ultimately, I mean, there is one spoiler, which is, I mean, we're not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna forgive this story for killing Boot. Yeah, that was okay. So, I mean, I'm not gonna say that I was not paying attention to this movie because mm-hmm. I, I was, as, but like, did you I checked your phone or something? Right. Did I miss sudden, something? Like they killed. The white wolf, like, yeah, on screen? On screen. or on, Yeah, on screen. Or on, like, on screen, off screen. Because when it, like, its head, its head, like, just popped up in the hunter's little, um, like, trophy room, I was just like, oh, 
you get the sense it's happening or out like, there in the forest, and then all of a sudden, ba-bam, there he is. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense, because I was just like, oh. Because at first I was like, oh, is this like Mowgli's mind like playing tricks on him or something? He's like yeah. imagining that like- What's going to happen? Right. Like if he doesn't go back, like all of his like friend, friends and family are going to die. And I was like, oh, that's kind of sad. And I was like, oh, wait, they actually killed him. Yeah. Oh, that's even more sad. I like, I kind of expected something to happen, but they're like, oh, no, they're just best friends like right. they're talking about. And they kind of are each other's um, way of, you know- being different and then like when Mogui like just yells at me he's like being called special is just a way to make you feel yeah. better about being you know born wrong and I was like whoa wow you're a jerk <laughs> don't like you anymore that was that was like I was a that was a we verbal a line yeah it was a verbal visceral clubbing that I'd never ever heard a kid drop in a movie like that is the ultimate diss ever. <laughs> yeah. and, I mean, you think today's kids are mean. Just wait till you <laughs> see the village kids right. in Mogwai. Uh, I did like how the movie ends with an elephant running into a village and just like curb stomping a dude. I was like, mm-hmm. that was awesome. Unexpected. <laughs> yes. um, but like a nice satisfying ending where like the hunter is now gone and mm-hmm. jungle can go on with its own life and man can go on on their own. I'm sure another hunter will rise up or something. But uh, for the time being, at least there's, we're all good. Yes. Uh, Matthew rise as the hunter. Um, right. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Did a, did a, did a good job coming across as very English and very sophisticated. Mm hmm. And again, one of the other parts um, that I liked about the man village stuff yeah. is because it wasn't all like um, like CG and everything. So then like I thought that that's kind of where Circus kind of got to show more as a director was through the mm-hmm. live action stuff and like doing the color. I don't know what that what the, what it's called, but like when all the like the colored smoke and dust and stuff is like going around in that little party they're having. I was like, okay, that yeah. was like visually just like very striking and uh, beautiful. And I was like, this is kind of where mm-hmm. I thought this movie was going to focus a lot more on. And instead it was like 20 minutes of the movie probably. Right. You know, like, yeah. And that's another thing too. The animals are so, um, they jut from the screen and from the environment rather than blend into it. Um, so you kind of, even though they're shooting in sort of, you know, physical locations, if you will, mm-hmm. you don't get the sense that you're really there, like you said, until you get to that village. And if there's a way that could have been blended better, that that's like my worst takeaway from it. But um, the elephant that you talked about um, earlier, we see, I think, I think it's the same elephant, him rescue Mowgli mm-hmm. from one of the lion pits. And we get this really up close, and I think it's like the most detailed um, CG effects that we have in the entire film. But mm-hmm. you just see these like moss and tree, like yeah. tree kind of like growing out of all these crevices and wrinkles on his skin, and it's so cool. And it's just like it adds to like the mythical sense of like here's this long aged elephant who's seen it all, been it all, and then all of a sudden he's got people they're gonna shoot him down for like mm-hmm. ivory or whatever the case is, and it's just adds those layers rather than sings along across them or whatever right. the case is. So I, I, I just like that dynamic better. Or not better. I liked it as well. Okay. Uh, anything else we need to touch on with here? Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle? Um, Naomi Harris kicked butt. Like, for I had forgotten she was in the movie. And I was like, that's Naomi Harris. Yeah. As soon as I was, like, it was, it, was, it was instant when I saw her. Or not instant, but it was like, I could recognize her right out of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that speaks to what they did here with this CG. Rather than if you'd shown me 
blew from the earlier the uh, the Disney Jungle mm-hmm. back in 2016. There's no way I could have told you that was Bill Murray just by looking at the just bear. Just by looking that, at that that's fair. Maybe yeah. in the eyes somewhere. No, I mean it's all about the voice for Disney's version. Yeah. Whereas this one obviously tries to incorporate more of like mm-hmm. the actual person yeah. into the character. I will say this though: the Jungle Book from 2016 really paved the way for this movie to right. exist. If not for it, I don't think I could have been like. Can they really do this? Even though I believe like? both of them were like being made at the same time. So it wasn't like, because right. this one has been like some circus been working on for years. Obviously as somebody who's very invested mm-hmm. in performance capture and motion capture and yep. um, all that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, it's cool to kind of see this finally happen. Um, I One last thing where like, I feel like this movie separated itself so much from the Disney version was mm-hmm. with the wolf fight. Yeah. Because I was like, that was just very, very violent, very vicious. They did not pull any punches. I mean, they literally threw the one wolf off the side of the cliff and then it like drops right in front of Mowgli. They I was show like, show the impact. I was like, yikes. There's no way that would have happened mm-hmm. in Disney's version. Like that was kind of where I was like, oh, very, like this is very different. Like, like those were kind of the parts that I liked more instead of just the, all right, we need to gloss over Mowgli's relationships with all the stuff so we can kind of get to maybe where the other version didn't get to. Yeah, there's no real moment where there's, other than there's like one moment where him and um, Belegra, gosh darn it, I'm messing the name up of his character. Bagheera? Bagheera, thank you. There's one moment with Bagheera where they're like, oh, these are this is really sweet. But everywhere else, it's all very, like you said, surface and plot. They don't get to like, there's no warm hug. Right. Like he's, you he's, get with yeah. Bill Murray's version or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, those are our thoughts on Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle, as we mentioned, is currently streaming on Netflix. So if you stayed through our entire spoiler section, uh, hopefully we didn't spoil too much. I mean, it's the Jungle Book. You Mm -hmm. kind of know generally where this movie's going to go. But they killed Booth. That's all you got to (laughs) remember. You got to watch out for that one. Um, But otherwise, I mean, if you enjoyed it or if you haven't seen it and you enjoyed our review, go check it out on Netflix currently. And if you have already seen it, then hopefully you guys enjoyed the review and let us know what you guys thought um, by getting with us on social media. But that is all we have for our review of Mowgli. We'll be right back in a bit with the news. back with the news and as well as we start with our three main topics which this week we're putting a little bit of a twist on because normally we save trailers for take it or skip it mm-hmm. obviously yep. but if you if you're on the internet you know something major happened we got the avengers 4 trailer title release date plot details we got it all we got to talk about it and way more than just ticket or skip it can cover because obviously oh well, i don't want to speak for josh but for me it's like no-brainer ticket avengers endgame which is the official title mm-hmm. over anything else. Uh, yes, I would have definitely had to have picked this too, or else I think you may have thrown me out of the studio or something like that. That is possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, before we get to the trailer, I already mentioned the title, Avengers mm-hmm. Endgame. This was something that the Russos officially debunked months ago. They said yeah. Endgame was not the title. Poor Matt Ryan. Uh, or yeah, uh, Mike Ryan. Mike Ryan, thank uh, you. Of Uprox. Yeah, he's got... <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> His Twitter has just Lonely been, uh, Thanos needs to take a step back. I, I'm pretty sure that was all done in good fun. But, but like, I think it just incited so much more I, that it was just like, oh man. There were three or four people on the outside of that, like, 
um, attack or not attack, but that thread, those retweets conversation they were like like oh man he's being harassed great here we go yeah. but for all we know mike ryan is like maybe he is lonely thanos he's lonely thanos but i don't i don't know I don't if think that's he the is. case no but end game it's the title yeah. it's out there it's not annihilation mm-hmm. as was rumored it's not um infinity gauntlet as was one point of rumor yeah it is end game do you like it i it's yeah i mean yes it's good it's it's easy it's clear um if this is the end of our some of our heroes which we've talked about endlessly on the shows on the big questions mm-hmm. um this will be fitting this is fitting yeah i mean i think it and it's a title i don't give a crap just right. give me the movie <laughs> right like the title the title is probably the least important part of avengers 4 mm-hmm. um <laughs> avengers endgame i guess I right think i need to learn to call unless trademark purposes then uh, it's the most important thing yes but, um but i mean well they didn't even get the domain because deadpool 2 took it instead oh, <laughs> really yeah so they uh yeah fox and once upon a deadpool's very quickly bought the uh, Avengers uh, Endgame dot com and uh, it, it's a redirect straight to the Once Upon <laughs> Deadpool. So it, perfect, another great Deadpool gag. Uh, but anyways, I think the title's I think the title's really great. It uh, it does kind of show you like this is the end. Like mm-hmm. whether it's um, you know how in, in Infinity War, Doctor Strange mentions, you know we're in the Endgame mm-hmm. now, and this is like a signal that listen. We lost half of our heroes in the previous movie, but right. this is part of the plan. It had to happen this way. Somehow, some way, losing all these people means that uh, they have to actually, like, mm-hmm. like, that was the only way that, that we can actually win and defeat Thanos, however it happens. Um, right. So I like the title. Additionally, before we get to the trailer, at the end of it, they confirmed that the movie has been moved up out of its May 3rd release date in 2019 to now coming out april 26th the same release window as infinity war was moved up moved up to this year um not surprised about this i've been predicting this for months um so cool to see that happen um even before imax was ruled you know causing confusion over whether or not anything happened it just it made sense it's like people now saying you know i'm pretty sure Endgame's gonna make two billion dollars like oh really great prediction (laughs) (laughs) if you called that maybe before infinity war did two billion Mm -hmm. that's that'd be maybe a little bolder but i mean come on uh it's obviously gonna do similar box office if not probably more than infinity war did um but the trailer yes it's here it's out there. We exist. We have it. Talk about it, Cooper, please. Well, because if I start, I mean, I don't know where I'm going. Well, I will start by saying that you texted me. Yes. And we're like very timid response <laughs> from oh, me. Yeah. Well, I was on Twitter. Like, um, I woke up late. And I'm, I'm like, oh, there's the trailer. It's on our account. I have our tweets sent to the uh, my phone. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, all right, let's see what Cooper's saying about it. So I click over to your Twitter. Just see like two tweets or something yeah. like that. And I'm like oh, Cooper doesn't like it or something like that. So I was like, I better, I'm like, so I texted you and I'm like, what's going on, dude? <laughs> and I don't even remember what you sent me. My, but. well, my tweet was uh, so much and yet so little. Right. Um, because, and then you were like, you know, why, like, you're not saying a lot. Like, what, what's wrong? I was like, it just feels more appropriate with this trailer. Like, this is a 
completely opposite trailer, I think, than the first Infinity War trailer. Mm -hmm. That first Infinity War trailer is here to show you, look at all these cool people that you've seen, all these different movies together, doing cool stuff. Um, Here's Thanos for the first time. Like, they're showing you a lot of money shots. Right. We were like, oh my gosh. Like, they're like fan screaming moments. A lot of fan service type of stuff. This one, it's like the complete opposite. So, like, in terms of, like, reacting to this trailer, like, I was like, I was pretty like silent after I uh-huh. watched it. It wasn't like that. Oh my gosh, I can't wait for this movie, which mm-hmm. like obviously I am. I'm like super excited for Endgame, but it, like it has this somber tone of Endgame um, with the title, with the music. It just all points to like this conclusion, like this actual conclusion with a lot of stakes. Um, a finality is to this where like Captain America at the end of the trailer, he's like, um, when Black was like, Steve, it's gonna work, and he's like it has to like, I don't know if what, what I'm going to do if it doesn't. And I'm yeah. like, Oh my gosh, uh, Steve, what are you talking about? Like, it's okay, man. We're all going to be fine. Um, but like, I really think it's a trailer that more builds for me over time. Like the more I watch it, the more I'm like, man, this trailer just like rocks because yeah, it doesn't have like the epic, you know, shot of all the heroes together. There's no Wakanda run scene or in the age of Ultron trailer when they all jump over that snow bank or the circle shot from the first Avengers. It's just, all solo shots, Cap crying, mm-hmm. Tony Stark stranded with oxygen running low yeah. in space. Uh, it is just kind of nuts that like they they don't they went complete opposite I think of what everybody's kind of expecting, mm-hmm. and that's a good thing because they don't show you really anything in this. Like I think all of this footage, with maybe the exception of Hawkeye is Ronin mm-hmm. and maybe Captain America in his Winter Soldier suit. Um, all of this stuff is from like the first like 10 to 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Which like, if that's the case, then we have, if the movie stays three hours long as it currently is, we've got two and a half hours of footage that we Mm -hmm. have not seen. Like, and the possibility that Marvel can start here, go forward and give us a marketing campaign for Avengers four. That is so limited on footage. Like we all know there's going to be some big battle. There's going to be something that happens. Right. But, like, I don't think they need to sell this movie on, here's the action, here's the spectacle, here's Thanos and Captain America back at it again, or here's how Iron Man gets back. Like, just leave the mystery and let that drive. Because, honestly, that's been Endgame's best marketing tactic so far, is that they didn't they didn't reveal the title. They, didn't, they, they didn't do anything. And yet, every single day, Avengers Endgame was the topic of conversation because it's like, well, when are we going to learn details? Uh-huh. If you don't give us any details, that conversation just continues um, and leaves everybody to just nitpick everything and kind of, all right, what does this number say? Um, what does this suit mean? What does this look like? What What's in this corner of this frame? Like, everything's going to be overanalyzed because we just have nothing else to go on. Right. And that's what fans do. That's what I do. I, I wrote a ton of articles um, just like overanalyzing this trailer and this yeah. footage and what it can mean and All what it doesn't Ru- show. And the Russo photos. and Yeah. And it's just like, man, like such a good trailer. Yeah. In hindsight, like if you would have asked me right from the get go, it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's a really good trailer, but you know, it's, uh, it's not that hype machine. Mm-hmm. And now like after sitting on it for a day, watching it, you know, multiple dozens of times, it's just like, I think I would like equate this on a level of hype for me after like seeing the infinity war trailer for the first time. Really? Yeah. Well, well, what, what about it is hyping for you? Because you really haven't talked about or tweeted about or said much about specifically what you're loving. Um, I'm going to be the nerd and say that there are 20 different like stills from this two minute trailer that I'd be like, 
that is one perfect shot's got to compile mm-hmm. that like i would frame that that's excellent there's a lot of great iconic stuff but what about this trailer it's like really grabbing you and saying this is this is worthy of the 200 million views now that it's done yeah, so far. Yeah, 200 on. and uh, what was it? 90 million yeah. views it got in its first 24 hours. Yep. Um, I think it's it's more just it's <laughs> the weird thing is I think it's almost what it doesn't show. It's what okay. like it it implies or it teases. What like, is it teasing for you? Well, I mean the tease the, I mean, sorry, mm. sorry, but Hawkeye's family. Right. They're, they're goners. They're, they've disappeared. They are definitely not around in this movie because Jeremy Renner looking very unhappy, looking very mad, mm-hmm. looking very kind of evil almost, you would say. Broken and damaged. Yeah, and like he is going and just killing Yakuza wherever he pleases and uh, even shocking Black Widow, like a trained assassin who's killed hundreds of people in her past. She's seeing Clint Barton murder people and just being like... Man, what what happened? Like something something bad has gone down. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing that I love is that there's a lot of theories about well, this movie's going to feature a, or not theories. There are rumors that this is going to have a five year time jump between um, Infinity War and Endgame. And as far as I can tell, nothing or most of this trailer does not imply such a time jump. Yeah, like I think at most there's probably a year time jump because of that that's just how much time has passed between the movies actually hitting theaters um and that's kind of how the mc was typically operated is however much time has passed between movies unless others specified that's how long time has passed in the universe so uh the idea that tony stark has been maybe missing or away for a year out in space no more food or water oxygen's running low and they're just stranded out there it's like man, like that's gotta be crazy for pepper. Um, and the fact that like he is sending her this message through his helmet and like, he's like, you know, it's dire circumstances, but right. it's, a, it's more fun than you would imagine, you know, when mm-hmm. you be rescued. Um, which I think the, I mean, whether or not the word choice of rescue is an implication that she will become rescue. Right. Um, the version of her where she suits up in an Iron Man, uh, suit herself. And that is the cue that she is going to go save him. Mm-hmm. And space was, I think would make a ton of sense. Um, but there's also people who are like, well, it could be Captain Marvel, and that's how she gets brought into this. Um, even though, yeah, that's where I was going with you that. You would think that, like, if Nick Fury paged her, she would know to go straight to Earth. Right. She's not gonna take a pit stop to some broken down <laughs> right. basic space garbage. And like, honestly, I think it'd, it'd be it'd be like so convenient. Uh, which I mean, the MCU is not above convenience. No movie is, but like, mm-hmm. it'd be so convenient if Mar- if Captain Marvel's on her way to Earth because she got the buzz oh, low gas light uh, <laughs> a year ago, and now she's finally making her way to Earth. And now she's like, all right, well, I need to, you know, I need to get, I need to get there and see what Fury's up to, see what he's paging me about. Right. And then she's like, oh wait, look, there's a spaceship over here. Let me go check to see if yep. this is empty or if people inside were snapped too or whatever. And it's like, oh look, Tony Stark, cool, mm-hmm. okay, interesting. Uh, I think it'd be much. It'd be better thematically and for those relationships if it was Pepper to be the one to be like, listen, I've given Tony a lot of crap for putting the arc reactor back in his chest and for continuing to be a superhero that's like maybe delayed our family, that's delayed um, our, how much our relationship has progressed. But if instead she actually is the one that's like, all right, well, somebody's got to go do it. So I'm going to suit up and inside one of the like 24 you know little drawers that the iron spider was in um there's another suit that's for pepper and then she suits yeah. up goes to wherever that locate that little ping came from with the message mm-hmm. and there she finds tony in his dying moments saves him and then they get I back think it's there more grim than that though do you think that message is being sent i think that message is being left 
Well, I think I think that is his intent. Yeah, right. Is that? Well, I think he's probably trying to transmit it, but we don't know how far away he is from Earth. I mean, sure. Y- him and Doctor Strange and Spider made it from Earth to Titan in less than a day. Yeah, obviously by the events of Infinity War. Um, but they're in a giant ship traveling at light speed, so they can probably get there a little quicker than an Iron Man suit can. Right. So I think his, yeah, he is leaving that message saying, like, listen, if this is ever found, if you can even get this message, I'm going to die. And to me, that's more of almost a cue that, for me, this was kind of, the more I watch it, the more I'm just like, man, like, I think this is Marvel kind of showing that this is going to end with Tony's death. Any chance Tony Stark doesn't get rescued off that ship? I would, uh, yeah, I'd say there's no, there's no chance that he's not rescued. No chance that he's not. Okay. Yeah, because like if if he does, why would that be? If the whole movie plays out and we're just watching Tony Stark slowly die. Well, I mean, if oxygen runs out tomorrow, that's a very short clock. It's true. So unless unless that that clip is actually from like. 245 right unless yeah unless that clip is from the end mm-hmm. and it's like all right like we did it we saved it somehow some way we were able to travel through time reverse the snap and but i had to be in the spaceship without gas and food and water and i'm sending you this message to let you know that yeah i'm okay but um i'm not gonna be right and i th- i mean that c- it could be if you don't see that in the first 15 minutes right. that's gonna be dun, a huge, dun, that's dun. gonna be a huge clue uh which again makes me think that mm. <laughs> it's probably the beginning of the movie it makes more sense that he would be in the guardian ship that was on titan yes leaving titan of trying course. to go back home mm-hmm. um but I, I you're not the first person i've seen suggest that well maybe he maybe like could they kill him and it's like well if they do i think there's like if the movie does involve time travel, yeah, he'll obviously be back in some way, and I don't want to see them kill Tony in the first ten minutes of the movie, and then be like, "But here he is through time travel, and like here's the old version of him." Like, if they kill somebody, I would rather it be like their last appearance on screen mm-hmm. instead of like, you know, if Captain America dies, which I also think seems like a pretty good possibility based on the trailer. Uh, if he dies in like the second act. I don't want them to then have to travel again to this different point in time, but then here is 2015 cap mm-hmm. and now he's pulled in the action or something. Cause I'm like, <sighs> yeah, I would rather once you kill them, like have that be like it. I don't want to have to see like other versions of them because then it just means, well, why don't they just pull that version out of That's the timeline? Point. So, um, you're, so you're digging the Ronin look though on Hawkeye. Oh Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very cool. It's very slick. Just um, wish we could have got a uh, a mask view of that. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, we only get to see the back of him, right? But yeah, I mean, I think uh, I'm very sure to see how they maybe change up him. Obviously, I mean, he'll obviously be a little darker, but like he's an assassin that now kills people with swords. So like, there's not going to be a ton of blood, obviously. But like, how much of that violence is like Disney and Marvel actually going to be willing to show? Mm-hmm. Um even if it is against Yakuza or if they're scrolls or whatever it may be. Right. Like, I think you got to show something mm-hmm. to, to try to really kind of hit home that this isn't the Hawkeye you guys saw in some right. war. <laughs> Capped beard. Capped beard. I, I mean, I kind of expected it to be gone, but at the same time, like, oh, maybe they just razor it down a little bit. <laughs> Did they just want a little stubble? <laughs> yeah. But no, that's all the way gone. Um, I think that's the biggest disappointment for me. If there is a disappointment in this trailer. That, 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 that Cap's beard's gone. Yeah, he's just he's just he's just closer to like what we've expect. Right. But I guess if that's what if you want to like get back to the 
the pointed chin and the mm-hmm. dimples, you know, which I th- you gotta yeah, which I mean, even could make sense in like a, a post snap world where whether it's been a day since the snap happened or it's been yeah. a year, uh, he's no or longer five years, right. right? He's or even if he is on the like, even if he's still technically on the run or something, like he's still trying to show that like in this time of crisis, like he knows he is the leader of mm-hmm. the Avengers, especially if Tony's off world, like somebody has to be the face. Somebody has to be yes. the guy that can show everybody that we can still make it through this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think the best way to do that is to put on an old suit, um, or, you, sure. know, sh- you know, shave his face and move on. But I guess he's had that, that, uh, stealth suit. Yeah. For it's from, while. uh, it's from civil war, which is honestly my favorite Captain America suit. It's so the best I one am, they've ever come I up with. I'm so happy to see it back. Um, even though I also think that that is one of the clues to time travel in this movie, because why else would he be wearing a stealth suit if he's now like active and Captain America is like good and he's back in like the grace of the government? Like he wouldn't need a stealth suit to go do like regular government missions of like patrolling and that kind of stuff. I mean, while he was working for him, though, he did have that. So it's sort yeah. of, it's just sort of like it's the best piece of op gear that he can have and use when he's not the nomad mm-hmm. with the beard and the hair and everything the belt <laughs> the brown belt which he never ever pulls equipment off of yeah um we didn't see his shield though either so that's nope interesting. don't see a shield i mean cap um, had or not cap iron man had it last time we saw that's right so we'll have to see what happens there i mean mm-hmm. he's gotta have a shield it's gonna be uh, stored somewhere he's gotta say avengers assemble at some point in this movie that, that is a must that is a bucket list thing that I think Marvel series has been holding out on until this movie. Yeah, because they they teased it insanely. They in teased it at the Ultron. end of Age of Ultron. Yeah, mm-hmm. Avengers, cut. And that's the end of the film, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Have you ever seen the outtake of it? Where like, you know, because like the camera obviously still rolled after that, right? And so like, it's Chris Evans going Avengers, what? And he just like points at the camera and like it's 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 pretty funny. Awesome. He's like, I know you want me to say it, but I'm not going right. to. Even even like he could in say the bloopers. it. Yeah, he could yes. say it and they could cut it and they'd be fine. But even then he's like, uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. That's that's situational awareness for all sorts of levels. Yeah, it's pretty great. There. That's great. Well, what's the coolest thing from this trailer? Uh, like the moment where you're like, Yes. Even though you're you're very subdued right, by well, it. Well, I'm gonna give you my most surprising moment first. Okay. That Shuri is missing as yeah, well. We didn't see her get snapped away. No. Uh, but, and like, p- p- some people have been like, well, it says she's missing, not dusted or mm-hmm. decimated or whatever the term would be in universe for people that they decimated. know. That, yeah, the decimation is the, uh, so what, the, what they're calling the event in some tie in novels and everything. But, Comics, like, yep. um, like, if they know they've died because of the snap, would they have a different. Um, like they wouldn't be missing. Like if you mm-hmm. could know, oh, I saw them vanish. I know they're not here. Yeah. They're not missing anymore. Scott Lang missing because they don't know where right. he is. And nobody said they're like, oh yeah, we know where we saw him vanish. Peter Parker's Peter on Parker, the list as well. He Though would, we know he's decimated. He was off world. So they're assuming, right. oh, we just don't and, know. And nobody made it back from there. So like Tony, I'm assuming is still technically missing. Mm-hmm. Um, but Shuri, she was in Wakanda. You would think people in Wakanda would, one of their first priorities would be to find the princess. Yeah. And unless she like ran away mm-hmm. <laughs> for some reason, uh, 
like her being missing, I think is an indication that she also would be a snap victim. Yep. Um, unless it's a trailer trick for the like, and we know people are going to like watch this and like, it's only on the screen for a second, maybe even half a second. So I could see like Marvel, like throwing in something like that, just kind of throw people off, get them talking get us talking Mm -hmm. and then be like, Oh no, she's fine. She's ruling. She's ruling Wakanda. Yeah. Merges with some kind of resistance or some kind of like, well, all right, let's get this, uh, um, quantum realm generation tube running or whatever the right which is. ties into ant-man which is kind of my favorite part of the trailer yep, because of the uh possible implications that it can mean because uh this, this may be a long explanation but the footage that they're showing gets the response from captain america where he's like is that old footage and uh, Black Widow replies, Black Widow "Wait, replies, that's the front that's gate. The, that's the front door. Seemingly confirming that it's old. Confirming footage. that it is at least Avengers HQ. That is the same building. Yeah, I don't think it necessarily indicates that. Yes, it is past or or a no. That's not. That's the front gate. So it's it's happening right now. Sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. The footage itself has an archive tag. Yep. Um, on on it, which a lot of people have been so okay. Well, if it's archive, it's not live, which means right. this happened in the past, which would possibly indicate time travel. Some people have said that next to archive, there is 1983 next to it in blue lettering, um, but it is very tough to make that out. Other people have said it says ISO nine or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's it's unclear if that do, if that is Scott in 1983 or just another point in time, but. The reason that I think it is, in fact, archive footage, not just like some trailer trick, is because early in the trailer, when Widow is kind of explaining, she's literally explaining Thanos and yes. his plan and that mm-hmm. he snapped half people away. Why would she be explaining that to Steve Rogers? Or why would she be explaining that to uh, War right. Machine? Yep. All the people who were there and saw the events mm-hmm. happen. The only one who would be not in the know would be Ant-Man. Yep. So my theory is that is old footage. And Ant-Man, when he got out of the quantum realm the first time, yes, he got he used the time vortex, but instead of putting him back in 2018 or 2019, whatever year this movie takes place, it takes him back to like 1983, even if that's not the specific year, like a year in the past. And he just goes to Avengers HQ because he knows I need to go talk to the Avengers because I don't know what's happening. And no one knows what and, the heck and, is going on. Either that or nobody's there because it was a Stark research facility before then that was closed down. so it's only been since age of ultron um that tony redid the whole thing and took it over so oh my gosh if he does do that he would then go to avengers hq what he thought would be it realize that he's not in the right place in time (laughs) go back into the quantum realm um and then once he ends up back in the right time go there and tell tell them no guys listen i traveled through time you guys don't believe me and they're mm-hmm. like no of course we don't he's like pull up your video logs from this year yeah and they're like uh okay and then that's why cap's like oh. wait is that old footage mm-hmm. and they're like yeah that's the front door and he's he's throwing out the word avengers ant-man hey guys remember me right type of a thing yeah that's so funny i never thought of that i kind of like just got the idea that it was like Oh, he got out. They're still in Wakanda. And so he gets out of the quantum realm and he's like, all right, well, I'm just going to take my bus and drive up to Avengers <laughs> HQ. <laughs> right. But like, I th- but even if, I mean, it could happen in during the Wakanda battle, 
um, or like really close after that. Because I mean, immediately after everyone gets decimated, you're not going to be like, all right, everybody back to Avengers HQ. You're going to mill around at least for a little bit and make sure you know what's going on. You would assume so, but also like I could see the Avengers being like, all right, we got (laughs) to regroup. Um, And I think they will probably be largely located at Avengers HQ again, um, even though enough time has passed where it's like, I don't think Cap's first move after the decimation would be to go shave his beard. Yeah. He's, I think it is still obviously close enough to those events because he's crying and once right. seeing the trailer, and like, it's obviously all still fresh to him. So um, either way, I think it's, uh, it's a great trailer. We have to move on, unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, but I could talk about this forever. Yeah. Uh, I'll just second your thoughts, though. With yeah, you don't really give Scott a lot of thoughts. Like, no, I just want to know what you had to say. You didn't, you've, you've kept really quiet uh, and left a little profile about it. And I just want right, to know well, exactly what you had to yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, it, it's very different than like the Infinity War trailer dropped, and I'm like, Josh, we have to do an emergency episode right now because I need to talk about all the different things mm-hmm. they show. And this one is sort of like, it's very subdued. It's very somber. It feels like this is the end. This is the end of the MCU for the first three phases, the end of their first saga. This is the end of Iron Man, of Captain America, right. maybe some other characters. And it's uh, it's a very different feeling, obviously, than like, yes, we're finally getting to go against Thanos. Mm-hmm. This time it's like, I don't know if I want a rematch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll just say I second everyone's Paul Rudd will save the galaxy memes. It just it's a perfect tag to have the guy whose movies are who do the do the least amount of work at the box office than everybody else's, just to roll up in his his VW wagon van and be like, Hey guys, can I come in, please? Hey guys, I can save the world. <laughs> yep. Oh. So okay. I just thought that was like a really quaint and funny and as much as as much as Ant Man isn't like a great super great hero anyway paul rudd is a super great human being and actor True. so we have to give that credit um and even though this movie is going to end phase three of the mcu we already know another movie that is going to come in phase four potentially with deadline revealing that dave callahan the writer of the expendables and wonder woman 1984 has been hired by marvel studios to write the script for a shang chi movie uh this could be the mcu's first asian-led movie um with marvel already reporting looking to hire another asian director after Chloe Zhao became the first one for being hired uh, for the Eternals. So for those may, who may not know, and don't blame if you do, because Shang-Chi is uh, a little bit of an unknown character. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's basically the master of Kung Fu for Marvel. A little mysticism, uh, but a lot of hand-to-hand combat and uh, expertise in that realm. So uh, does this sound cool? This sounds great. And uh, maybe Ronan, are we gonna, we're going we're to get a cameo with this dude and... In Avengers? Avengers? Has he been hidden? Is he one of the hidden cast members? Maybe. Come on. Kevin Feige has been talking up uh, our Walking Dead boy. Stephen Yen? Yeah. Yeah. He what, has. what if he's... I mean, we just learned about Catherine Langford. Yep. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of stealing your Twitter feed thoughts, <laughs> your stream of consciousness here. Um, but I, 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 to my credit, like I saw the article about Kevin Feige talking mm-hmm. up Stephen Yen a while ago. But... Any chance? I mean, come on! You don't just even if it, you don't send Ronan to go cut down Yakuza bosses <laughs> and then not work I, in. I think that's true, but really? I th- I think I don't I don't think probably Shang Chi is going to show up in Avengers Four. Okay. Um, as much as I think that'd be that, that'd be a great way to do it. There's mm-hmm. other people who are like, well, maybe Remy He, the guy from Crazy Rich Asians, who was cast in Spider Man Home in Spider Man Far From Home, maybe he was secretly cast as the role of Shang-Chi and he'll be introduced in that movie as another classmate of Peter's uh, or like maybe not even a classmate, but just like a fellow um, hero. like uh, hero. Yeah. Where he'll be like, um, is he younger? He is, I think just around the, I think he's a little older than um, 
Tom Holland. Okay. So he, he'd be right in that age range where you can have a teenage or a late teen, early adult kind of Shang-Chi, which I think would make a lot of sense. Um, he's and young. You can and can drop a teen-focused superhero in the off right. years of Spider-Man. Well, and then even, uh, well, I don't know. I think this movie is probably going to come out in 2021 or something. And I think that'd probably be when Spider-Man oh. 3 comes out yeah. as well. But either way, um, I think it would be a, like, I don't think they're going to drop a Shang-Chi movie and not have him in a prior film. So if they're going to go the teenage route or a younger version, it'd make a lot of sense for him to meet up with Peter Parker and then go spin off into his own thing after Spider-Man Far From Home makes like a billion dollars or something next year. So I like that idea, but I also love the idea of Steven Yen joining the MCU, playing Shang-Chi, being the master of Kung Fu, kicking a lot of butt. Um, he was on my uh, my fan cast list that I did for Screen Rant, which mm-hmm. you guys can find on ScreenRant.com. Um, he was one of the options along with Louis Tan and a couple other people. So I think, I think it's an exciting move. It's obviously Marvel going for the Asian, um, demographic that Mm -hmm. they have currently and not just them, but all of comic book movies have currently avoided and not catered to, which they don't have to cater to them. But black Panther showed, Hey, look, if you do something that's a little different (laughs) culturally, there's a completely different, um, part of the box office that can open up for you. And I think this makes sense that they could then target China, which is already a huge thing for Marvel, but then to go even bigger in China and bigger all over Asia makes a lot of sense. And it uh, seems like Shang-Chi would be a really fun, different um, movie that Marvel can do in the next couple of years. Yes. And of course, we'll know who my pick for their director is because uh, Hiro Mura hasn't had anything to do with superheroes yet i know he's in post on uh, guava island but um line up really well for him that would be uh fun the uh one guy i kind of jumped not jumped to my mind but i was kind of looking like all right what are like some asian directors that maybe i'm not like mm-hmm. thinking of right away because like it's like oh justin lin or john m uh chu or like oh yeah like people like that i'm like oh they're probably a little busy <laughs> right. to do a, a marvel movie right now so it's like all right who could do it and i was like oh joseph khan Oh yeah, guy from he just did bodies. It's getting great reviews. It's it's the like, teen movie of oh my. If there's I anyone like, actually man, like, take it back, that would be like such a interesting choice if Marvel like really dove into like the grittiness of hand to hand combat and kung fu and stuff. Um, right. I think I haven't seen Bodied yet. I'm dying to see it, but like, can we see it yet? It's not around. I, here. I think the only way to see it is like on YouTube Red or something. All right, but, I'll buy. It. I might I'll get a subscription from somebody. Uh, and I'm just like, man, like that's that. That's a guy I could see Marvel going after, but yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Obviously, what but I'm just the hero in terms of technical prowess has done every. Oh, yeah. He's worked everywhere. I'm all about that. I mean, he's even done Legion episodes. He's got some Marvel like um, credentials there. But I'm just a, a Glover, Barry, and uh, Atlanta fan, so yeah, I'm gonna toss out there for him. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a great call. I, he's not even on like my list that I was thinking of, so. That is a that is a great call. Uh, but let's move on to the Jump Street franchise was getting a spinoff, not a reboot or anything. It is a straight spinoff of the 21 and 22 Jump Street movies starring Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. Collider reports that Tiffany Haddish is currently in talks to star in the female-led Jump Street spinoff. She will reportedly play an undercover cop who is also posing as a teacher in the school instead of a student. But as well as she's being a teacher, she could also be the mother of a student and fellow undercover cop. Uh, so it'd be a very oh, man. It'd be a different dynamic if this is how it plays out. Um, and for that 
potential student slash daughter slash undercover role. Uh, apparently, Aquafina is somebody they are eyeing, or yes. that, they are very high on at least. It is unknown if she'll actually take the part because she'll be obviously very busy with Crazy Asians two and three, but right. also she's lined up a ton of other work as well. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, maybe one day Ocean's Nine happens and bring Please. her back. Um, but so we'll have to wait and see if that actually pans out or if either of these castings actually happen. But uh, Ronnie Rothman is writing, directing the movie after writing the previous Jump Street movies. So uh, this seems like a very cool cast to put together mm-hmm. for Jump Street movie. Uh, I think it could potentially be a lot of fun. And I like the twist potentially on, well, it's not just two students again. It's right. a teacher and a student. And yes. it's mother and daughter. <laughs> yes. uh, and Haddish and Aquafina, I think, are two of the best uh, female comedians right now in the business. So getting both of them and elevating their star um, even further with the Jump Street spinoff, I feel like this is a great pairing potentially. And Randall Park has to be the father. <laughs> yeah, that, that ties the family together. Okay, <laughs> to tie it all up. Oh man! But anyway, this is so cool um, because I feel vindicated now about Aquafina. I don't know. You, you loved her in Crazy Rich Asians, right? I thought I thought she was really that was the uh, first time fun. You, yeah, I, well, it wasn't the first time I saw her because she uh, she was in Oceans. Oceans. But you're kind of like I was just like okay, not yeah, much yeah. of that character, right? Do, yeah. even though I was over here like giggling yeah, about you every part, right? You're like, oh, she's doing YouTube stuff. I'm like, cool. <laughs> yes. Okay. But now, but now, uh, if this goes through if all of this lines up and happens um it'll be the coolest thing ever because obviously Tish, tiffany hannish is one of the funniest people on this planet we have and aquafina will someday have that title i believe strongly uh and the 22 21 jump street dynamic and fun um opens up so many possibilities so i am i'm definitely all about this entire thing yeah I'm especially ho- if it's a channing tatum jonah hill allowed cameo or anything like that that'd be perfect too it's in the same universe so uh, it's possible if anything i hope it would maybe even just mean that uh we are getting uh ice cube back we're gonna see ice cube and tiffany haddish uh that would be uh, a very fun thing to see that that'll be an oscar that'll be an oscar caliber clip (laughs) to (laughs) send around of those two improving off of each other someone get full lord and chris miller to come back and direct do we have a director for this yet? Uh, yeah, it's Rodney Rothman. So oh, he's he is uh, part of the third trio of directors doing Spider Verse, but he also wrote the uh, previous two uh, Jump Street movies. Nope, that's yeah. It, there's the DNA right there. I believe Phil Lord and Chris Miller executive produce. Yeah, they have yeah, to, they are. They did. Yeah, too. they Perfect. are creatively involved. Um, but I think this will be. I'm double checking this before I say yeah, it. Yeah, man. But I feel like this will be Rodney Rothman's directorial like solo debut. Really? Uh, Live action at the very least. Yep. It'll be his first live action movie, but also be the first one that he does solo. Very cool. Congrats to Rodney. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to be reviewing Spider-Verse next weekend. We are excited. We are hearing nothing but great things. So Yeah, and we usually hype, like, anything that people are, like, great about, we usually take to attend. So I'm yeah. excited for that, too. <laughs> we are very excited for Spider-Verse here at Friends and Film. Um, but uh, speaking of spiders, we thought we would maybe have a Spider-Man Far From Home trailer to talk about this week and take it or skip it, but we do not. It looks like that we're going to miss that. Um, so we'll probably talk about it hopefully next week instead but this week we still have two really different but both superhero related uh (laughs) uh, movies uh, trailer to talk about so the first one being uh the second trailer for captain marvel Mm -hmm. and then we also got the drop of the uh horror superman looking movie titled brightburn coming from producer james gunn he's not directing it but he is producing the film um and i believe he wrote the script as well so we got the first trailer for that today out of uh, ccxp in brazil Josh, which one? You can only give a ticket to one, but which one's getting your ticket this week? I have to give it to Brightburn. 
Uh, I'm, Captain Marvel is a known quantity to me. Uh, I like the new trailer, whatever thing, everything that it had. But Brightburn, just every shot for shot, as I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, this is set in the Midwest. And I have an infinity as someone who loves my home region. I love movies set here. It's kind of one of the reasons I dig uh, The Quiet Place. It's set mm-hmm. upstate New York, but the aesthetic is yeah. very much rustic and rural Midwest. Um, but here I'm like, this is really cool. And then another shot happens. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're really playing up rustic Midwest here. I love this. Then all of a sudden, I'm like, this is Zack Snydery. And I'm watching this trailer for the first time with you across from me. And you're like, oh, you have no idea. That's <laughs> kind of like the tone in your voice as you you kind of chuckle as we get through this. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, wow, they're really leaning into this this vibe. They're like Snyder Man of Steel. And then all of a sudden... Elizabeth Banks is on screen praying for a son like Martha, uh, you know, <laughs> Why'd you say the name? Kent does. <laughs> exactly. And then all of a sudden, just rip straight from the Superman comics. A kid crash lands in their backyard, and all of a sudden, they're raising a powerful human being with laser vision, extra strength, and the power of flight. And even, then it even takes has a, a red cape. <laughs> even has a red cape. And then it takes a dark turn. The kid starts scribbling like he's schizophrenic. Um, or I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want to use that phrase, but there's, there's clearly a problem with this kid. Whatever, whatever it is, a dark energy, a spirit, or whatever the case is. Right, the dad says, well, he may look like us, but he's definitely not Right, us. but you're just, it's sort of like the, oh, I'm afraid of what I don't understand. It should be. <laughs> Roy from The Office, um, David Denton, uh, right? David something. Denham, is, is the same one here. This kid starts to wreak havoc on the town. We see him just take down an entire diner and looks like he's about to choke hold a waitress and then we lose it. So it gets my ticket and I did not expect any of this, but I can't wait for it. It's, it's a genius satirical subversion and I think it's going to be a lot of fun in 2019 to watch. Yeah. I mean, in terms of surprise factor, a didn't know this trailer was coming. Mm -hmm. It literally dropped right before we started recording and uh, B I was, did not, uh, no, nobody really knew what this James Gunn produced movie was. Right. Uh, on the, other than like, oh, it's kind of a horror movie. It's him going back to his horror roots. So, okay, cool. And then it's like, oh, it's Evil Superman. Which is like, oh, that's yes. kind of genius. Like that's that's pretty cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because then he's going right into like the Superman DC universe. Right. Especially yeah. Especially if he ends up doing you know Suicide Squad, he can get like Zod and uh, <laughs> do just like a, a full Kryptonian sort of thing. They're going to uh, retcon this into the universe for like a Superman type. Um, right. It's like the evil Superboy. Right. <laughs> yeah. I could, but I could it's see being that. directed by David uh, Yar Alvesky. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any of his movies i believe this is his feature debut he's got the becklow experiment on his imdb page he didn't but i think he's a crew member or something i think he's editor on that yeah yeah i believe this is his directorial very cool congrats to david um but i think i need to stay a little more on brand and go okay for my yes, ticket. I, even though i do i do think that brightburn trailer is uh very cool the the, the reason I think I'm going to get my ticket to Captain Marvel is like that first trailer was really good, but there wasn't anything that was like, oh, man, I have to see this movie. Sparks weren't flying for you. Right. I was like, all right, yeah, this looks like a nice superhero origin movie with Brie Larson. Uh, looks fun. And this one comes out, and we get to see the old lady fight expanded. It's like, okay, that was cool. Mm-hmm. And then we get to see uh, the part that really got it for me was when at the end of the trailer, she goes uh, like full – power mode and flies off into space and yeah. is just shooting her beams at all the different uh you know spaceships flying around and just like wrecking everything in her path i'm like 
like I got chills the first time I saw it. I was like, man, like mm-hmm. just the power that is on display here is something that like we haven't seen before. And like just the aesthetic, the look of her with all with um in her uh binary form, mm-hmm. like that is something that I just really I I knew it was gonna come at some point in the movie, right. but like getting to see it in this instance thought was really cool. Um and even just like uh, you know, Nick Fury meeting the cat, nice little <laughs> tag there at the best end. Part. Uh, I, I think it's just, I think it's a much better executed trailer than that first one does, even though I've seen some complaints that, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily explain the story very well. No, it's or, doing an awful job um, there. The, who the scrolls really are, that, that they're even shapeshifters, mm-hmm. um, which I'm, I'm surprised they're not showing that. Like, I thought for sure we'd get a shapeshifting actual scene in this trailer. So there's still things I think this, that this trailer could have done to improve upon itself. Right. Um, and maybe they're saving that for future marketing potentially. But I think this is a... a positive step in Captain Marvel's direction towards, you know, getting a lot of people into the theater um, mm-hmm. come March. Remember, I didn't give it a ticket because I loved Brightburn so much, but remember my rule of thumb for trailers, and it's this. The worse the trailer, typically the better the movie is going to be. Sometimes we get that rare, great trailer, great movie combo, mm-hmm. but often if they're having tr- trouble cutting a trailer together, it's because the story is intricate and elaborate, and it just doesn't adhere well in these quick little bits. Right. To you know what I'm uh, someone madly chopping together something to a rock guitar track or something. Well, and it looks like know? like this narrative could be kind of split up too with like mm-hmm. um, how tough. she gets her powers. Like there's obviously like um, not that she maybe completely like they say that she has no memory of what happened before, but obviously her memories are coming back to her yep. once she arrives on Earth. But the theory is um, that I'm kind of latching onto is that they wiped her memory on purpose to mm-hmm. turn her into their super soldier right like that they were like hey look we can do something epic if we kind of fudge the truth a little bit like oh yeah you're you're kree um but we we made you kree to save you or like no maybe um but also i think that like if they have wiped her memory then there's going to be a lot that's going to be revealed at carol throughout the story um Mm -hmm. as it plays out i don't think they want to actually like show that in the trailers yet so like um, one theory I have is like when she's in that up, when she's upside down and like, be, it looks like she's being like tortured or something. Mm-hmm. There's a scroll there, um, which you can just barely see for a second, like the top of the left frame. And my theory is that she is locked up there by the scrolls and you can hear Ben Mendelsohn say, early right. in the trailer, yep. do you want to know who you really are? I think they are going to be ones to unlock her memory in the hopes of turning the war. Cause this is obviously about the Kree scroll war. And if the scrolls can get her to turn against the Kree, that's a huge thing for the scrolls and that and yeah and that like gives them like all right well here we're gonna sway you pull you on our side mm-hmm. obviously it's not gonna work and then she's like i'm not gonna fight your war i'm right. gonna end it Attack and mine. then she goes on attacks both sides mm-hmm. i feel like that makes a lot of sense that that's why she like loses the green suit because she's like oh the kree lied to me they stole me from like my home world they erase my memories um yep. they're not very good either and Jude Law could be a villain for all we know. Mm-hmm. And then like, she's like, all right, so I'm going to, my binary powers somehow transform my suit color. And now I'm red, blue and gold. And here we go. Yeah. Or any chance Nick Fury's like, I got you a suit. I, I still love the Colson theory of, Hey, you know, oh, I, I, can, well, that's right. I can help you out here. I can help you. And that's why you know, he's, maybe he's a little adept to that when uh, yeah, Cap needs a new suit. Exactly. That's so, that would be so, for, that would be so perfect. I feel like that's a little too fan servicey, but I, I'm holding out hope. I would, you know what though? It's uh Bowden, um, and Affleck. Bowden and Fleck? Fleck, yes. Not no, Affleck. I know. I just like, I don't question myself for a second there. And that they would, they've worked with Ryan Reynolds. That's a Ryan Reynolds-y joke. And maybe that's, 
maybe Ryan Reynolds' humor is could, their humor, and that would be perfect. I mean, maybe Kevin Feige wants to tie it all in together. Yeah. The Coulson's would, in there for a reason. so funny. No no Coulson in this trailer, which, again, right. something else could have done maybe a little better. But oh, yeah. still still solid on movie my ticket to Captain Marvel. As we move out of the ticker skip and into the flyby, uh, we got a lot of directing news this week. The first one comes from Deadline, where they revealed that Craig Gillespie has been uh, signed by Disney to direct the live-action Cruella de Vil movie uh, starring Emma Stone. He lasted Itania with Margot Robbie um, last year. They are reportedly fast-tracking this production now that uh, he is on board and Emma Stone is still locked in and uh, are looking to shoot this movie sometime in 2019. So this will be a quick turnaround, um, but I actually just, coincidentally enough, rewatched Itania like, a couple of days ago. Yeah. So good. It mm-hmm. holds up so incredibly well. And to see Craig finally get another job, I'm just like, yes. I don't know if we're on first name braces here, but uh, I, I'm very happy for Mr. Gillespie. It's um, where it's AP style for the podcast. There you, say, we go. you say his last name, you can go by the first name now. Yeah. Whatever the case is. Yeah, absolutely. And then, too, the description of this movie sounds so wild, uh, too. It's like going to be like Cruella in the fashion world, mm-hmm. like in the punk fashion world in the 80s. I don't know. Is it 80s? Or it's. I believe it's supposed to be like, it's her origin story. Right. But I don't know if they're doing like the time placement of like 1920s or like if if they're going to modernize it a bit. I think that'd be fun if they modernized it. Wherever they put it, it's going to be so cool though because it's going to be like a period devil wears Prada, but also your hero is insane and villainous and, and wants, wants to, to kill puppies and wants to kill puppies <laughs> like the, the most egregious sin you could ever do yeah john wick would not like her one bit <laughs> right. so and then with emma stone in that role because we this is rumored for a while it has we been talked about it mm-hmm. like, that's like one of our like very first episodes yeah so to see this finally come to fruition um as she is transitioning back into like sort of like what we've known Emma Stone to kind of do those mm-hmm. wacky and kind of fun roles. Yeah, she's going to do Zombieland 2 and yep. I'm assuming if they want to do this really quickly that she'll probably go from Zombieland 2 to Cruella next right. year. I mean, it's got a director and writer yeah. so they're on their way. Uh, but yeah, this is cool. Um, and then we also got word from The Wrap that Robert Schwenk um, will direct the Snake Eyes origin movie uh, that is currently being put in through development. He directed the last two Divergent movies um, that actually ended up killing the franchise. Not that that's his fault or anything, but uh, <laughs> Snake Eyes will also hit theaters on March 27, 2020. So this will uh, probably be a pretty quick turnaround as well um, if they're going to hit that release date. So uh, kind of surprised that this movie is still kind of happening, but it looks like Bumblebee is going to do a good job of kickstarting the Hasbro shared universe um, in some ways. So Snake Eyes, Origin, could be a fun little thing. We talked about Kung Fu before with Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. Go a slightly different route, do a little more weaponry. Uh, this could be cool. Yeah, I, I just don't know a lot about Snake Eyes, but I mean Randall, uh, not Randall Park, but... um, Yeah, he, he played Snake Eyes. Oh, okay, thank you. I just, I was thinking... Okay, got it. But anyway, yeah, I just... Yeah, that's cool. It's a cool aspect of it, but other than that, um, you know, we'll see. Yeah, um, and then a new, some piece of news I know you're excited about. Variety yes. report this week that Johannes Roberts, the director of 47 Meters Down, has now been signed to direct the Resident Evil reboot that is being produced by, I believe, James Wan. Um, production will reportedly begin next year, so this will another be uh, another quick turnaround from when the director's hired to when the movie actually starts going. So uh, you're a big fan of Resident Evil. You talked about that before on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Have you seen 47 Meters Down and is that why you're excited I that uh, seen... Roberts is on board, or are you just excited that this is going? It's just happening. It's uh, um, I uh, 47 meters down. I have not seen it. I've heard people tell me about it and be like, Josh, it's it's gripping. It's different. Uh, it is very good, surprisingly. 
It's got a terrible Rotten Tomatoes score. Though. I I know, but I you don't know how that happened. I I saw okay. it. Thought it was good. It was low budget, but like it gets the job done. Okay, gotcha. I know he did Strangers Pray at Night, and that was panned as being unoriginal and just fine, which but has a better Rotten Tomato score. So you know, I don't know what to think here. <laughs> but the idea that they've got a director, they're pushing forward with Resident Evil because there's some of the fun, they're, they're fun video games, but they were my introduction to horror and action, and I'm excited that they're moving forward. Will it bum you out then if I just tell you that one of the other producers said that they want more action let in, in on top of what we got with the Mila Jovovich versions yeah. for this new take? It won't bum me out as much because we know how to do action better today. Okay. And. But if they want more of it, it means less horror. Yeah. Probably. But the horror is a part of it. So as long as they go for quality, yeah, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Producers say, oh, we're going to blow you away. But James Wan is attached to it and he's not going to let the aesthetic get away from it. True. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Roberts could do a pretty good job with this. I haven't seen any of the Resident Evil movies, so I'm going in with absolutely no knowledge. Um, only like half of them are available on like I will HBO them all or something. You, on you DVD. own them all? I own, I own the first three on DVD, and they can get you the other three. Yeah, if I'm going to watch I want them in HD. I don't want DVDs. You won't take my DVDs because they're eh, not Blu-ray? I don't know. We'll see. There, it's it's. What if I tell you it's ultra it's not blu-ray it's that other off-brand one. ultra hd <laughs> yeah yes. yeah i don't know maybe we'll see how desperate i become maybe if this movie like legitimately does happen in the next year i'll make it more priority right now i'm like eh, resident evil whatever um but we also have we talked about in our big question last week and in the main episode uh as well that dc is developing a lot of movies and we can add another one to that list with teach our revealing that amanda indigo has been hired to write a plastic man movie for one brothers in dc josh do you have any familiarity with the character and you're shaking your head no, no. so are you interested interested in a plastic mm, man movie i don't it depends on what they do with it it just depends on what they do with it. Who they cast is it Jim Ben Carrey? Schwartz is campaigning for the role. Oh yeah, I'd be interested. Okay, <laughs> I figured. But after that though, I mean, I got you got to show me a trailer and some other stuff. But yeah, it's interesting. Good for them. Yeah, apparently this is one they've been based on THR's article. They've been wanting to do for a while. So uh, I think this is more of, of course the continued move for Warner Bros. in DC to give something more. Uh, lighthearted, more comedic, more family friendly in their superhero movies instead mm-hmm. of like a, hey, here's uh, Batman Superman and we're gonna argue about your mom's name and <laughs> we're just league and at the end of Batman oh, Superman we're gonna man. kill Superman by stabbing him in the chest. Like I think they're gonna try to get away from that. Shazam looks to be very fun, lighthearted. Aquaman appears to be very fun as well based on the reviews. So yep. that appears to be the trend they are going. And I think Plastic Man could be another nice addition to that lineup because I mean at least the version I've not familiar with a lot through that like comics or TV shows or anything. More of, well, I mean, not animated ones. More of through uh, the Flash. Yeah. On CW, he is in that, um, and he's honestly one of my favorite parts of the last two seasons. Mm. Um, so maybe this could be really good. Um, so we'll wait to see if this actually happens. But the last thing we're going to talk about here is uh, Bond Twenty Five director Kerry Fukunaga confirmed to the Daily Mail that Leia Sado will return for the movie, uh, joining Daniel Craig, Naomi Harris, Ben Wishaw, and Ralph Fiennes. So she'll be one of the first Bond girls, I think only the third one ever to make a return to the franchise, uh, but only the second one ever to return as the same character. One of the other girls played two different characters, two different Bond movies. So um, 
cool. I don't really remember a lot about Spectre, honestly. I had to do a lot of research when I was writing up a story about this um, because the movie has largely left my brain. But I remember liking Leia Sado, and hopefully the, her return here will be maybe a little larger, a little more hands-on, a little more kick-butt. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, um, she's great in Ghost Protocol as well. Yeah, she is. Um, so I want more of that. Right. As well as Inglorious Bastards. So more Leia, the better, I, th- I say. So. All right. So that is all we have for this week. As I mentioned before, next week we're reviewing Spider-Verse. Josh, real quick, why are you excited about this movie? Phil Lord and Chris Miller have executive produced this, but everything below it just looks amazing. Um, in terms of, first, it's Miles Morales. It's a new superhero for us to learn. Two, it's Spider-Man related, my favorite superhero. And then as well, the animation style is the coolest thing I have seen done in the space ever since Pixar, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Or no, since Jungle Book, really. But that's a different kind of territory. Right, here. right. This is real strict animation. They're not trying to fool you here. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to make waves around the industry. Yeah, I sure hope so. I mean, we we talked about last week that they're already gearing up for a spinoff and sequel. So yeah. Sony's obviously very excited about it. I'm very excited about it because of the animation style. It just looks like you said, like something we haven't seen before. I'm ready to learn a lot more about Miles and his story, but also see how his story interacts with the Spider-Verse and Spider-Ham. <laughs> and I yes. found it funny right after we recorded last week's episode, I mentioned maybe this can be the Spider-Ham spinoff happens. There's quotes are out there that like the directors are totally on board for Spider-Man, Spider-Ham uh, spinoff movie or TV series. So maybe that'll happen for you, Josh. Um, but... If that's going to happen, Spider Verse obviously has to do, do pretty good business this weekend. So mm-hmm. we are going to go support it, review it. You guys should go see it too, and uh, we'll join the cons- discussion next week. Uh, we'll also be back with a big question uh, for the next two weeks ranking the MCU movies. We're going to run through all 20 of them that are out there. Me, Josh, Colton are going to be breaking that down with input from Amanda, a frequent friend of the show. Um, So that will be fun to kind of dive in and see how our rankings all shook out. Um, But if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share, retweet more, plus our tunes, and give us a five-star review with comments telling us why you enjoy listening to the show. Um, But then be sure to tell us your thoughts and everything over by tuning staff from this film. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at MovieCooper and Coops underscore Hoops. And you can get at me, Josh, at just Josh Ryan. Thanks, Sam, for taking to the Friends from Podcast. Josh, thank you for stopping in. And be sure to turn next week for our future episodes.